The second section of Psalms, known as the Exodus Psalms, remind us that the God who redeemed us is still with us. In fact, He has promised to never leave us or forsake us. Today, we join Scott Pauling in opening God's roadmap for life. Find your place in the Word of God in the Psalms, and let's discover what God has for us along the way. We don't know the historical setting of every one of the Psalms, but we certainly know the setting of Psalm 51. In fact, in the inscription of Psalm 51, it is told that this particular Psalm was a Psalm of David when Nathan the prophet came unto him after he had gone into Bathsheba. So we know exactly where Psalm 51 fits in David's life. It was after he had committed adultery, after he had lied and murdered to cover it up, uh, after the preacher came, put his finger in his face and said, Thou art the man. That is the, the setting for Psalm 51. But what I want to ask you today is where does Psalm 51 fit in your life? Let's get down to where we live. Is there anything between you and God? Is there anything today that the Holy Spirit is pointing at you and saying, Thou art the man? Well, if there is, then Psalm 51 is a beautiful psalm of confession and cleansing. That's what it is. Psalm 51 really doesn't divide up in parts. Instead, it has repeated refrains. It has uh, the same emphasis woven throughout because it is not just some uh, outline that David gave to God. See, God's not interested in your nice prayers and what you can say and how you can say it. It is more the groan of a broken man. It is the outpouring of a heart that says, Oh Lord, I just want to be right with you again. Now, Psalm 51 is 19 verses long. I wish I had time uh, to spend maybe several hours with you. In fact, I preached a revival meeting in a church and preached the entire revival meeting out of this one psalm. It's rich, and even then you don't exhaust it because it's just full of infinite truth. But let's read just a little of Psalm 51 today. It's a prayer. I wonder, is it a prayer you need to make your own? David wrote, Have mercy upon me, O God. According to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity. That word throughly means again and again. This is not just something we need once. No, we again and again have to come back to God for cleansing and for forgiveness. Wash me throughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Let's pause here for a moment. In the first six verses, David really gets personal with God. You know, nothing's real until it's personal. And so David gets personal. Did you notice all of the me, me, my? Why is, he, why is he saying that? Because he's not making some general prayer. He's making a specific prayer. He's not talking about the sins of others. He's talking about his own sins. And I think this is the, the most important thing I want to bring to your attention about getting personal with God, and it is this. David finally acknowledged that his sin ultimately was against one person. His sin was against God. Someone said, did he sin against Bathsheba? Yes. Did he sin against Uriah? Of course. 
Did he sin against the baby? Yes. Did he sin against his own family? No doubt about it. Did he sin against all of Israel? Yes, yes, yes. But listen to David's words in verse 4, Against thee, thee only, have I sinned. You see, you can't be right with God until you realize you're wrong with Him. You can't come clean with God until you realize how defiled you are in His holy presence and that ultimately you've transgressed God's law. You've fallen short of God's holiness. You have been crooked in your own heart. That's what these words mean. Transgress across the line. Sin, I fell short of God's holiness. Iniquity, I'm crooked in my heart instead of being straight like I ought to be. And so David begins by recognizing what he is and who he is in the presence of a holy God. See, God wants truth. In fact, he uses that same expression. He said that's what God desires in verse 6, truth in the inward parts. And when you give God truth, guess what God gives you? He gives you wisdom. It says in the hidden part, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. You don't get God's wisdom till you give Him your truth. That's what confession is. It's simply agreeing with God. It's saying what God says about your sin. Stop making excuses for it and call it what God calls it. So in the first six verses, he gets personal with God. Then he begins to make his prayer to God. What's his prayer? What's his plea? In verse 7, purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Ultimately, his prayer is for one primary thing. Now, there are many requests, but they all seem to revolve around one emphasis. And what is it? I want to be clean. I want to be clean. That's the emphasis in verse 1, blot out. Verse 2, wash me, cleanse me. Verse 7, purge me, I shall be clean. Wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Verse 9, blot out all my iniquities. Verse 10, create in me a clean heart. Do you understand how dirty we are? We get dirty every day. We get our consciences defiled and our minds filled with filth and our heart gets dirty. And the only thing that can cleanse us is the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, who cleanses from all sin. And so our prayer should not be about peripheral things. Get to the heart of the matter. And it shouldn't just deal with with the results. Sometimes we just want things to be better. Notice David did not begin by saying, Lord, give me the joy of thy salvation again. No, he began by saying, Lord, I want to be right. Then when I'm right, then I can have your joy again. Don't deal with the effects, deal with the causes. Don't just confess the fruit, deal with the root. So he gets personal with God, then he makes his plea to God. And then beginning in verse 13, there's a shift. Listen to it. It says, Then, then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then, there's that word again, then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altars. So here is what is produced by him getting right with God. 
Three times we have the little word then. When is then? When you get broken. When you come clean with God. Look what God brings out of the brokenness. He gives you a testimony. David says, then I'll teach other sinners how they can be right. I love that. A testimony is the greatest teacher of all. He not only gives you a new message, a new testimony, he gives you a new song. Did you see? David said, I'll sing again. My tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. I tell you, sin closes you up. It takes your joy away. When you get right with the Lord, God opens you up. And then he gives you a new prayer. I love the fact that this psalm, Psalm 51, does not end with David praying for himself, but praying for others, praying for Zion, praying for his people, praying for the work of God. You see, when you get thoroughly right with God, one evidence is that you want to pray for others and you want others to be right with God. I want to challenge you today to take Psalm 51 and don't read it. Don't read Psalm 51. I'm going to challenge you to get down on your knees with an open Bible and pray it. Make Psalm 51 your prayer. Let it usher you into the presence of God. Forget, forget what David did. Think about what we've done. Forget where it fits in David's life. Where does it fit in our life? And may the Lord help every one of us to come clean with God and to be as right with God as we possibly can. If you would like more information on knowing the Lord Jesus Christ in a personal way, or more information on growing in your faith, please visit us at scottpauley.org. We would love to hear from you. From there, you may also download your free copy of A Ready Reference of the Psalms to help you in our current study. We are praying that God will guide you today and that you will enjoy the journey.